two. It mm. did happen. <laughs> I threatened it wouldn't. But here we are. Technically again. episode three, but that second one was a little. It was a little. It was a little too uh, mum. There was <laughs> way too many interruptions and way too many children and a little bit of yelling from us. I don't yell much. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so let's get into let's it. do this because we got a lot to cover. You may have seen, um, if you live anywhere in the world right now, that Cosmo has created a furor with putting, um, it was it two ladies, two separate covers? Or was it one lady with two separate covers? I'm not too sure. I, took, okay. I, saw I think two it was two, two ladies. So two ladies who, if you had to classify them on a BMI scale, would both be in the obese category. And they had the phrase, this is healthy. Um, there's been quite a lot of uh, celebrity weigh-in. So we've had a comedian, Nicole Arbour, um, chime in with a slightly um, tactless. Um, <laughs> Let's go with that. Okay, yes, yes. Uh, James Smith, I still haven't listened to. I really, yeah, anyway. I don't know why he annoys me so much, but he does. Sorry, James. I, I don't I, think James is going to listen to our podcast, but if he does, I don't know. I shared and tagged him, and he liked that we were going to do a podcast about it. So I'm just saying Sorry, he James. might listen. Sorry, James. But why she doesn't like you is because you kind of have a little tack on Jillian's, and she's a bit of a Jillian. So, you know, that's probably why. <laughs> One day we're Not gonna... a bit of a Jillian, but she is a Jillian. That's Jillian. Okay, one day we're going to have to explain this properly. We'll have to do the podcast on the CrossFit thing, so we can talk yeah, about yeah, yeah. Jillian. Yeah. Anyway, I am not Jillian. We digress. We digress. Anyway, so we... Gee, <laughs> that didn't take long. Um, so we um, are going to discuss this, and we're going to talk about what we think, and um, George is very impassioned, so get ready for some yelling. Um, <laughs> probably at me. So, Definitely. This is yeah. going to be my face the whole time. <laughs> and I'm going to try and not laugh. Lucky I got a good side profile, eh? Yeah. Well, I have a great Was that side. annoying that I was just interrupting you? No. No? Okay. Cool. Just checking. Just checking. No. If you've ever spent any time with Tony, he continuously interrupts me, so it's just the story of my life. Maybe it's you. Maybe probably it's you. Is. Maybe it's not actually others, it's just you. Because I'm a Jillian. It's probably just you. Because I'm a Jillian. I know. Yeah, Jillian. Mm. I know you're trying to interrupt me. <laughs> <laughs> you're a person. A lovely person. Anyway, so uh, what did James Smith actually say? He was just more kind of talking about um, just like how the fitness industry, like not demonizes is not the right word, but like um, just a change in the fitness industry and shaming these kinds of people. Oh, these kinds of people, that's a terrible phrase, isn't it? But like shaming overweight people or obese people or like what is healthy, just kind of talking in the opposite of that. Yep. Um, and I guess what kind of polarizes people about him is he's very blunt, he just gives his opinion straight up, um, and probably most people either hate that or love it. Um, he's not like pro-obesity or whatever. I think he just shares information um, and his points of view, which, you know, like, yeah. But I guess also, you know, people from diet culture are like, why are you talking about this? You are a thin white man. So, you know, like... But again, that's also a problem in that we, we, we marginalise people, not marginalise the wrong word, but we put people into categories and say, because, you've, um, because you're skinny, you don't get an opinion on this. And that's, we have to be really careful about that because there are a lot of very smart, 
um, people who are well researched in these areas who have a lot of great information to share. You're not one of them. I'm not saying I'm one of them. Because if I was <laughs> saying, if I was including myself, I would have said beautiful as well. But you're not, you're average because I'm average. the pretty one. That's right, that's right. Oh, that's um, so but you know, like we want to hear, we want to hear from a diverse range of people. Before so you go, she actually is very smart. That's why that's funny. <laughs> Guys, for those of you that don't know what Stockholm Syndrome is, look it up. That's this situation right now. Um, but I agree with you on that. But also, there's a difference between having an opinion on something and judging and shaming people. Definitely. Because if you want to judge and shame me, no, your opinion is not valid because if you are skinny. Don't judge and shame me when you have never struggled with weight in your life. Agreed. Okay? Agreed. So you can have an opinion on like yep. weight or obesity or whatever as an issue, mm. but do not shame us or like overweight people or whatever if you have never had an issue and I'm not talking like five kilos or whatever. Like I'm not, I'm you know talking about you know having to lose ten to fifteen or fifty yeah. or whatever. If you have never had to struggle through that or what it is like being overweight, no, I, then yes, I don't want to hear from you. And that's actually you know something I mean? that I was thinking about the other day. You know, I can walk into any food court anywhere, sit down and pick any food I like and eat it and not even think about whether someone's judging me for what I'm eating. Oh, I don't go onto yeah, public transport and think, are yeah. people staring at me because I'm going to sit down and I'm going to be really close to someone yeah. because the, the chair size is too small. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm not thinking, are people laughing at me at the gym because I'm overweight and I feel or look silly, What you know what I mean? Like, I've yeah. never experienced that and I am well aware um, and I'm really empathetic to people that have that and it's been something that I've gone on about for years, you know, and I pull people up on it all the time because, you know, people will say things like, oh, they shouldn't be eating that or they shouldn't be eating this. And I'm like, well, hang on a second. What if they've lost 20 or 30 kilos and this is their celebratory meal? You know, they're like, I'm going to go out because I've worked really hard. I've lost all this weight and I want to go and eat. Oh, exactly. Or what about if like, okay, they ate McDonald's five days a week. Now they eat at one and you saw them that one day. Exactly. 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 I feel like, um, and what I really like about you, which I don't like many things about you, but one of the things I do like about you, did you like how I said that with a really straight face too? Oh, nails it! <laughs> it was good, it was good. I like that, is that you actually are genuinely empathetic to people who struggle with their weight um, and that stigma and the shame and the judgment behind that. You are genuinely empathetic. And there's a difference between... Um, I know a lot of people who say... They're not judging, I want to help those people, but actually underlying, they are judging that person and they're not coming from a good place. They're just coming from a, like, how could you get that way place? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I don't have time for that yep. is what I don't have well, time I, for. But I think what works in my favour is because of the amount of people over the years that I have worked with yep. and who I've, got, I've had good relationships with and it, we've had very honest relationships and I've seen their struggles and I've listen to what they've said and how can you not be empathetic to that and how can you not be empathetic to people who you can see are clearly hurting and this is something that they struggle with every single day um you know and i think from my perspective because i've never experienced it and when i stop and actually think about it like how awful how awful wherever you go to always being assessed based on how much you weigh like that's that's really awful it's a really really horrible thing so just quickly because we're, we're moving off track but I thought first and foremost what we could talk about is what obesity is because there's medical, there's medical classifications of it um, and we were t- chatting briefly before about BMI, so body mass index. 
If you are to go to the doctor uh, and they are to determine whether or not you're obese, they will use what's called the BMI scale, and that's where you are, it's your height versus your weight. Um, Which obviously now, with diet culture being such a massive thing, is an issue in itself, not an issue, is controversial. Okay, so the, contra the controversy around BMI is that if you have a lot of muscle, you're going to skew higher. So as an example, we were talking about yourself. Mm -hmm. Do you mind sharing that? No, 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 no. Okay, so George is just borderline. Um, were you on the line or just in the obesity category? Well, like, it goes, like, line, line, line. Well, at the end of the day, it actually doesn't matter. Like, I was in the obese category. Okay. Like, don't try and, like, do you know what I mean? Right now, we're trying to, like, be like, Ooh. No, no, I'm just... We're only one line. We're only one line. No, well, I, wasn't, I wasn't sure if no, you I know, were but on I'm just, the edge of it or whether you were... Like, no, I know, but I'm just saying to you, like, right... What we're saying to each other now is, like, part of the issue. Like, what well, I'm in there. Whether it's one line or two line, like, I'm no, still no, no. in I'm there. I'm asking you whether you were on, like... Like, there's a cut-off point. Were you on the cut-off point or were you in oh, the... Oh, yeah, like, I just made it. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was getting at. Sorry. Wasn't a clear question, obviously. We digress. We digress. Anyway, so George is in the obese category. Now, we were talking before about how that's just one... That's one component. As a medical practitioner, what they then also need to look at is something called um, whether you've got metabolic syndrome. And metabolic syndrome is a cluster of risk factors that increase your risk for um, diseases like heart disease, diabetes, dementia. Um, so they're pretty serious and awful conditions, right? Um, and these risk factors are an increased waist circumference, high blood pressure, elevated blood glucose, high triglycerides, and a low HDL or a high density lipoprotein. That's what people call their good cholesterol. So if you've got these risk factors, you then um, you need to have, I think it's three of the five, you would be considered to have metabolic syndrome. Um, and I guess the, what the doctor then does is they'll look at those, all those things together. They'll look at your BMI as well. Um, Here's the thing though, quick interruption. Do they? Because I know look, exactly. But, but I have been to the doctor and that is not, well actually, when I've been to the doctor, like, cause it, probably like a year or so ago after I had had Jackson um, and that, like I actually went to the doctor to talk about my weight cause I was, like training properly and, and I actually wasn't yeah, like, was I was like hey you know like I actually have been trying for a few months now like I just wanted to get you know some bloods done just a little bit of a workup in case something is going on my mum suffers from thyroid um early menopause and stuff like that um so you know I've got like some hereditary things that could have been an issue um and before even like wanting I'm asking for that, and before even wanting, he's just told me to go on drama, and I was like, no, you know what I mean? Like, so, like, uh, that's another issue. Are they really investigating, or they just see a fat person and go, okay, well, your BMI is obese, you just got to lose weight. Like, you know what I mean? And here's the issue, and we, we mentioned this the other day, but the issue is not losing weight. We know, we know we can get people to lose weight. I can, we can go on Duramine, and we will lose weight. But the problem is, is that we can't keep it off. And that's where all of this, this is, you know, why we're having these problems is because we've looked at interventions um, from a research perspective as well, where people were losing weight and they would do it over like six weeks or eight weeks. Um, and it's all over social media, six week challenges, eight week challenges, and there's nothing inherently wrong with them. I'm not criticizing them, but I'm never impressed with how someone goes over six to eight weeks. I don't even care. 
you know, don't show me a before and after of six and eight weeks. Show me a before and after of 12 months. Yeah. Show me a before and after of two to four years, five years. Then I'm impressed because anyone can lose weight and we can do it in any way possible. Like I could glue my mouth shut in, in two weeks time. Oh, absolutely. You know? And like, so uh, like one, the Maxine's challenge is a perfect example of that. Ma- it's a six, Maxine's challenge. It's a six week challenge and every two weeks, you cut your calories until you get into like this massive shred. So the before and after pictures are fucking amazing. But I know people who have did like three or four of these challenges because that's they you can't do that. Like, yeah, you're enough. like I'm shocked. Spoiler alert: they don't work. Okay. Well, exactly. So save your yeah. money on those sorts of things. Like unless you find them really motivating to help get you into good um, routines and habits, most of the time those things are a waste of money because once the program stops, you stop. And that's pointless. Well, I feel like you need to find a program or a challenge or whatever. Because I quite like challenges too. And then you interact with people. I think it's really great. Mm. But I feel like the nutrition component is firstly the most important part. And I feel like that needs to be a sustainable kind of... Kind um, of like a hustle hard recharge program. Yeah, exactly. Which is why that worked. Because the exercise, they could keep refollowing that program and still get really good results and progress. Right? And then the nutrition is... Everyday recipes, good macro, someone is buzzing. No, no, no. You. No, I think my phone's glitching. That may actually not stop now. Keep going. Keep that going. is hilarious. Keep going. Um, and then the nutrition was not like, okay, the first three or four weeks is this calories, then we cut by this much, and then we cut. Because you and I were not looking for a before and after photo to promote our next challenge to get more people. Yeah. That's not what we were looking for. So you need to find something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I agree with that. But, and this is, this is what sort of perpetuates the um, obesity epidemic we find ourselves in, is yes. that, so a lot of the times when people go on these really restrictive diets, they're not eating enough protein, they're not doing the weight training, because it's about scales, and they want to lose oh, weight. Exactly. They just want to lose weight, so they're doing a lot of cardio, they're just ridiculously trying to drop weight, and what happens with that is that if you lose enough lean body mass, your metabolism can be affected significantly. And so you're losing muscle mass as well. So you might have then a reduction in your uh, metabolism by say four, 400 calories, which is a meal. And then you finish this program and then you start eating again because you're a little bit hungry. And then eventually what happens is um, your weight goes up. And there's something called the overshoot theory. And this is what they think drives yo-yo um, weight loss. The overshoot theory is that once you've lost weight, your body will then try and recapture what you've lost, but in the process of doing so, it overshoots. And so let's just say you start losing weight, you're 80 kilos, and you get down to 70 kilos. Then at the 70 kilo mark, you, you stop the dieting process and you resume you know, whatever you were doing before, um, and you start to gain weight again. Not only do you go back to 80 kilos, but this time you might go to 85, so you gain that extra five kilos. And the problem is, it's not a gain of I've muscle mass. I've explained that, like why the weight gain is always it, yeah. a little more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's kind of like wow. the body's way of trying to protect it from doing that again because yeah. it thinks that there was a problem. And so it's, yeah. it gives you extra fat because fat is so energy dense. If you're ever in this starvation situation again, it's like, hey, here's some extra. Um, and also they think it's driven by lean body mass. So everyone thinks lean body mass is just muscle, but it's also bone and organ mass. So your organs actually get smaller also as you lose weight. So as you then start to regain that weight, your body tries to give you back or it tries to recapture all that lean body mass. And you know what? I'm just going to interrupt you yeah, one go. more time. Like, I know like, I haven't interrupted too many times yet. I hope you're proud of me for that. I'm but very proud. 
like a, an issue with that I feel too is for most people who are not educated in this kind of thing which why should they be or why are they like that's not something we learn is that they like you were saying at the start they're so driven by that number mm. they're so driven by the thing and when they're not getting a certain number coming off on the scale oh, okay well I'm gonna just reduce by 100 more cows yeah and then you're further in this over do you know what I mean yep. like because then you're reducing so like more and more like then there's more restriction, which just and is not the way to go. Like, and that's you know why I mean? you know people who've been doing chronic dieting, like so yeah. you've been dieting for however many years, you're a lot heavier at the end of the process than when you first started. And do you think like I was talking about this with one of the ladies at the gym? So we we're actually talking about um, like, well, kind of which is part of what we're talking about today, like this pos- body positivity or like how you see your body and stuff. Um, she's tall and thin. And she's doing weightlifting. She's put on a few kilos, um, which, you know, like three to four, but for her frame is a lot for her. And mm. she's, like, at her young age struggling with that, like, yep. adjusting to that. Yep. And I was having that conversation. We were then talking about ourselves being older. Do you think, like, there's a correlation with in the 80s, 90s or whatever, well, not even in the early 2000s because that's when I'm dieting, you know, it was all about the 1,200 cows. Do you think, like, for so many years you're on these 1,200 cows, 1,200 cows, you put weight back on, you go back to 1,200 cows, that your body is now just like, fuck this. Fuck you and your 1,200 cows, bitch. We're not doing it no more. And now I find it really hard to lose weight. There is there is actual um, bio lane. Lane Norton does talk about this. Um, and there is some amount of metabolic adaptation that occurs because of that. Um, and there is some resistance then for your body in terms of um, losing weight. Yeah. So, I, but I, that's the that's the hardest part. Like, is if you don't have success in that getting started part, it's hard to keep going. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that early success is really what sets people up. And when we've had years of dieting abuse, yeah. and that is hard, the rest of the process is so much harder. And can you imagine? For everyday, I'm a personal trainer and I've been doing this for a long time and I know, I know. So could you imagine if it's hard for me, mm. how hard it is for like, I'm going to say normal people. I don't mean normal people, but the everyday I mean? like, person. Yeah, like the outside, the industry people. Yep. Imagine how hard that is for them. Yeah. You know? But that's why I have so much empathy for them. Yeah. Because no, I know, I but I know what I know. And even still, like I'm still, like I've got four kilos and some of you might be going, shut up Naomi. But Shut up Naomi. But there's four kilos that I'd like to get rid of. Yeah. And it's a battle, yeah. even knowing what I know and knowing all the things I have to do. And I'm the same. Like, my weight went up significantly when I started really getting stuck into my weight training. And even knowing what that weight was, it still messed with my head. Yeah. You know, that is a universal feeling. And yeah. I think if we talked about it more and everybody recognised that even as health professionals, yeah. we struggle with our body confidence, we struggle with weight loss we struggle with the scales we struggle with image just like any other person I think that's an important message but on that there's something I just wanted to bring up and this is something that all doctors should know and I'm annoyed that doctors don't know this but there was a study released and it was called fitness versus fatness which is basically which is which is most important is it your body fat percentage or is it your level of fitness and what they found in this study was that the number one risk factor for any cause of death was a low cardiorespiratory fitness. So when people were not fit, their risk for death was two times greater, over two times greater 
than someone who was fit. So what they basically did so was... So what they're saying, David... David... You're definitely more likely to die than me. Yeah, but it's so true. It is so true. So what they did was they had someone who was um, in the normal weight range and who they measured fitness by something called METS, metabolic equivalent of a task. And it's to do with how much energy you spend with tasks. So right now we'd be burning like 1.3 METS. We're sitting here... Maybe more for you and you yell. Maybe two mets when you yell. <laughs> uh, and then like a hit session running and all that goes up to like eight or nine mets. So they used that as their, their measurement for fitness. And they took someone who was a normal weight and fit and that was the standard. Everyone got compared to them. So they had a risk, a relative risk of one, right? Someone who was normal weight but unfit, their risk for death went up to like 2.2, 2.3, something like that. So it was like huge. Then you take someone who's overweight and fit, their relative risk for death was 1.1. 1.1, it's almost the same as someone who is a normal weight and fit. And then if you are obese but fit, 1.1. 1.1, why do doctors not know this? Why do doctors not know this? Why, well, why are doctors prescribing Duramine before exercise? You know what I mean? They should be like, it's the same as me like having contacts for pelvic floors and like physios and physios and chiros and that. And I have contacts to refer my people. They should have personal trainer contacts to refer people to go and see trainers. Because every single person who comes in through that door, doesn't matter what they look like, who cares what they look like, every single person should be told, go and get fit. Yeah. The number one killer in Australia and around the world is cardiovascular disease. The best intervention we have for it is not a drug, it's not weight loss, it's cardio training. Go and do your cardio, seriously. And when it comes to weight loss, you can lose weight in the most horrible way, do you remind? Um, you can lose weight- 1200 cal diet? Detoxes, you know. Juice cleanse? Tape your mouth shut. <laughs> I was running out of ideas. <laughs> Um, but you can lose weight any way you want, any way you want. It doesn't make it healthy, it doesn't make it good for you, it doesn't make it sustainable, and it doesn't mean that you're not going to regain that weight. But if you go and start training, the results are like this. How fast does your fitness improve? You know, I can remember the first time I went running after I had my twins, I came home and cried and then yelled at Tony, like <laughs> full, lost it in my backyard. Um, it was the most agonizing thing I'd ever done. It hurt so bad. And the good thing about people doing that is, like, if the scale is not moving, there's still some success markers there. Yes. Okay, cool. I ran on the yes. treadmill for one minute. Or, like, oh, I did a squat. I got deeper. Or, like, like there's still some success patterns. There is so much success. There. And what I was trying to say about my run was that that first No run one cares about your run, lady. Jillian. <laughs> yeah, Jillian. <laughs> but what happened was my runs actually picked up you know, really quickly after that. Like, I actually found Did they, though? I don't know if you're that fast of a runner. No, no, I mean, as in they got easier. I don't mean the pace. Sorry, I said that incorrectly. I just meant that if... You say a lot of things incorrectly. (laughs) We don't. There's not going to be an episode. We are digressing. Actually, when we get back to this article and talking about... um, I feel like we've discussed... No. I feel like we can both agree that obesity is not healthy. And we shouldn't be promoting obesity. And I feel like we have to start talking about their, like, what I want the message to be. Yes. Make your, like, chase better health. Absolutely chase better health. But it is still okay to love yourself Hmm. in the process. And you You should love yourself in the process. It's not even, it's okay. 
No, it's, it's not okay if you're not loving yourself in the process. Like that is a problem because it's the lack of love of yourself that drives these horrible behaviors. Oh, absolutely. Your you emotional know, eating, your yeah, binge eating yeah. cycles, your fucking getting up at night, you know, like binging your ice cream or whatever, the habits that have got you to that place. Which is also part of this whole, so there's some really in interesting research on um, obesity stigma, right? Um, and then there was some research saying, you know, is obesity stigma worse than obesity itself? We'll come back to that. But the research on obesity stigma is that it actually drives obesity. And that makes yes. sense. Oh, 100%. It makes sense. So, like, and that's the thing. There's a way to go about helping people who have weight issues. Definitely. And shaming them and that kind of stuff and making fun of them and laughing at them, calling them lazy. That's actually not the way to go about it. Exactly and right. Like, that just drives them into the cupboard, hidden away, going... Fucking, I'm not going to the gym because everybody's going to laugh at me. Yeah, and on like, that, just, you know, you know, the, the I, and this is the problem. The reason why there is obesity stigma is that um, the eat less, move more movement and this horrible public message of you just, if I hear one person say, you just got to eat less and move more, I'm probably going to give them an uppercut. But because it's like, oh, no shit. Wait, no, hang on a second. Wait, wait, wait. I've got the answer. Hang on. Can I punch you? Eat less, move more. That's all you've got to do, people. Just. A <clears throat> oh, I was so laugh if I accidentally did it. Accidentally. I was waiting. Mm -hmm. Anyway, but that whole message, right? So when people aren't losing weight and they've been told eat less and move more, then it's a it's a personal failure. You're an idiot. That's your problem. You're too stupid to lose weight, or you're too lazy to lose weight, or you're just eating too much and you're a pig and you can't lose weight. And that's what has driven the the stigma around obesity is that obese people are somewhat mentally inferior and that they're lazy, and so it's a moral, personal failing now. And here's the thing about most of the people making that judgment, is that they are people who have never struggled a day in their life with their weight. Yes. And I just feel like you're entitled to your opinion in trying to help people and obesity as a whole of obesity issue, yeah. but you are not entitled to judge people when you actually have no, um, like no experience or knowledge in like what that is like or how hard it is or how a person has got there like do you know what i mean absolutely so something george and i were talking about before and this is something i have thought a lot about over the years like a lot i have never walked into a food court and ever felt like people were judging me for what i've eaten or what i'm going to eat i can go and pick any food i want any volume of food i want and i can sit down and eat it and it's not a problem because i'm thin yeah now if i was overweight or obese and I went and chose to eat McDonald's or KFC or whatever I know that I would be judged for what I was eating and people would laugh at me and stare at me and it would be a most uncomfortable situation I don't get on public transport and wonder if people are laughing at me or if people are choosing not to sit next to me because I'm fat or you know I don't have to go into social settings and, and worry that people are going to be assessing me and judging me with everything that goes into my mouth or any thing that I do or worrying when I'm putting on clothes that people are going to laugh at me because I shouldn't be wearing X outfit because I'm too fat. So oh, 100%. Here's like, you know what I mean? And like a perfect example of that is like wearing your bikini as an overweight person at the beach. Oh, okay, cool. You want us to exercise and move. We're going to go to the beach and do some swimming and walk on the beach and that. Oh, but don't like, but don't wear, wear your but bikini. Wear, wear. But don't wear your bikini. Like cover, cover yourself up, up and fucking up. hide yourself. Yeah. Don't be like showing us that shit. Don't be showing us that shit. Unless Just like don't do that in private. Definitely cover that. Don't be. Cover <laughs> <that>. <laughs> <laughs> we, digress. we digress. But do you know what I'm saying? Like, 
you you can't have it both ways. Like, just, you know, support people. And I guess that's the thing. Like, you know, like, I guess, I don't, I probably don't like the word body positivity because no, like we, like we should be helping people um, who need to lose weight because yes, they are at risk of dying and all of those things. And that's the most loving thing you can do. The most loving thing you can do for someone whose weight is significantly increasing their risk of death. Like if, if you, like my husband smokes and it drives me up the wall and I'm at him constantly about it because it is obviously awful for him, but it increases the risk of my children also smoking and like that's horrific to me. Um, so when you love someone, you don't, you know, encourage behavior that could potentially kill them. So, and it's not that you would say to someone who's struggling with their right, you need to stop eating. No, no, you say to them, right, let's go and go for a walk. How about we go to the gym together? How about tonight for dinner rather than having takeaway? Why don't we all get together and cook up something really yummy? But here's together? the thing as an overweight person and someone who has struggled their whole life, there is also still a way to go about that. Of course. Because my dad was very, um, you know, like he equated health um, and like, uh, what's the word? I'm going to, I want to say like um, your place in society, kind of, you know, like your, what would you call that? Like, do you know what I mean? Like how... Your status. Yeah, like your status in society. He based that on whether you were skinny or not. Like, yes. you know what I mean? Okay. If I'm not skinny, then I'm down here and the skinny people are up here. And so if he had said to me, let's go for a walk, I'd be like, fuck you, dad, because I know you're just coming from a place of you just want me to be skinny. Okay. okay? And like, I don't... The best version of me is not the fucking skinny version. I don't not love myself because I'm not skinny. That's bullshit. I do not at all agree with that. At okay. all. Loving one. yourself and being skinny and your body size are not mutually exclusive. You can be happy. Like, when I weighed 65 kilos, my life revolved around just fucking training to be skinnier, to be leaner, to be... There, there was never an end. I got to 70... Nah, that's not enough. I've got to go again. Like, 68, no, nah, a little bit more. We could lose, it, it was never any. I actually was not happy because I was still, obs- like, when did, like, when is it okay to not be obsessed with that? When is it okay to go, nah, okay, cool. Yeah. I'm pretty healthy. I'm pretty strong. Like, I'm pretty fit. My risk factors are low. Like, I, like I'm okay. Yeah. I'm okay with where I am right now. When is that okay? Like, do you know what I mean? Stop selling me this message that the best version of me is the skinny one because I wasn't any happier then than I am now. Like I was actually obsessed with exercise. I was obsessed with my food. I was obsessed with just being like thinner. And if and you looked at a photo of me, yeah, like I was actually pretty skinny. <laughs> and that's the thing. So people would have looked at that photo of you and they would have said you were healthy. But I would actually well, this wasn't say, healthy. yeah, yeah, I would actually say you're not healthy because. Okay, so the World Health Organization defines health as a complete sense, it's not the right word, it's complete something or other. Like a whole list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's emotional, hang on, I wrote it down because I knew I'd forget as soon as I started talking about it. Because she's old, like her brain is like, she's very smart, but she's just getting okay. on in age. So it's a complete something of social, emotional and physical well-being. It's not merely the absence of disease or infirmity, right? Yeah. So when people, and this is what this whole Cosmo thing is about. I don't agree with them writing, this is healthy. I think just as we can't make a decision about if they're healthy or not, they shouldn't be proclaiming that they are healthy because what they're trying to say is the weight 
is healthy or can be healthy. I think we have to be real careful about that on both sides. Yeah. We shouldn't be going, you're not healthy because you are in an obese category and they shouldn't be saying, well, she is healthy despite being in an obese category. Like, I think we need to be having better conversations about what health is. Oh, absolutely. But you know what? Here's the thing we also have to remember is with diet culture and body positivity and all that, now it's like a monetized industry. Yeah. It's like an industry of its own. Yeah. So, like, you have to... We have to be careful about the message. And I totally agree with you. And I feel like it started from a really good place in that just don't fucking shame me. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, just don't. And let's get back to that. But it started, I actually looked into some of where this began. And the idea really was that, and it's a great idea. You should never be excluded from any part of society based on your body size. And this actually really annoyed me recently. Nike brought out a mannequin that was a plus-size mannequin in sports gear. And people were losing their mind. mind. I'm like, what? So here we have a mannequin showing girls that they can wear their Nike clothes. And be comfortable and go to the gym. I know. Like, I know. This is awesome. Yeah. We should have more plus-size mannequins. Yeah. Because you do know half those mannequins, their body um, sizes and whatnot aren't actually realistic. It's like Barbie. Oh, well, never. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, and it's not yeah. representative of... So people have got to sell a product, right? And also, as a, like, as a company as big as Nike, for them to have some inclusivity is such a positive movement. for yeah. that most people yeah. are not a size 8. Yeah. Most people are... I think the average size is a 12 to 14. And in Australia, yes, I yeah. don't know that anyone else. I don't know. Yeah. But why are we not seeing more mannequins reflective of our average size? Yeah. And dear God, that we might actually have a mannequin of a bigger size to show girls who are bigger that they can actually wear their clothes and go to the gym. And move in. their bodies. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, sorry. Yeah. I'm, so, I'm so angry I about know. that. But and here's, like, I don't really, like... I don't look into diet culture and that kind of stuff because I don't want to be subconsciously like swayed to provide a message that is actually not my message. Like I actually just want to share yeah, my own. Well, no, I actually just want to yell at you, okay? Because it's just so easy. <laughs> I do, I want to put like my content for my social media is like me. Like I just want to share with other women in the hope that they relate. To mine. I don't want to be subconsciously going, oh, I shouldn't say that, or maybe I should just say it like this. Like, so I don't try to follow a lot of like where the oranges, origins and that come from from diet culture or what, yeah, like that I'm whole. The geek. I actually, I know. I was well, curious. that's I was like, where yeah. does this all come from? So I sat there and read about it. Do you know what I mean? Like, I just want to, sh- because it's not you just like. You want to share your heart. Yes, and make those feelings normal for other people because they're fucking normal of course they are yeah but you know like you have to remember like that this industry is now monetized so like and unfortunately it's now monetized to placating emotions and yeah. this is where i get really worried i i don't care who's on the cover of a magazine i got really annoyed when tess holiday was on the cover of cosmo and she was just on the cover that was it what she's not allowed to be on the cover of a magazine like, it, it just, it, it staggers me. So, are we are not allowed, so people who've got weight problems, should we hide them? Should they, yeah. should we not allow them to be on the cover of magazines? Should we not let them have jobs? Lorna, Jane. Should we um, not let them have, um, you know, like, yes. we're marginalising them. Yeah. Like, you can't do that. Yeah. And it just, it, oh, I just sort of get to a point where I'm like, 
People are allowed to exist and we have to let them exist. And if you don't know a person and you know nothing about them, why are you commenting on their body? Yeah. Why? It's none of your business. The issue that I have with Cosmo is that if they were just on the cover, those girls, I wouldn't, it'd be another day for me. The maybe I think are, maybe the, the, the tag like needed to be, this is strong. This is fit. Maybe not, maybe like healthy, I agree, is maybe not the right word. Mm. Um, do you know I what agree, I mean? I like, agree. I yeah. think that would have been a better message. Yeah. This is fit. This is strong. Great messages because you can be fit and strong. Health is a little bit more nuanced and a little bit more complicated yeah. because we don't know their mental health. We don't know their social And health. it's the same with the body positivity. The message has to be it is okay to love yourself, yes. be proud of your body. It's okay to wear whatever you want mm -hmm. and still work on yourself. Yes. Like you don't have to like loathe yourself. No, and you shouldn't. You know what I mean? Like, And that's where I feel like the body positivity message needs to get back to yeah. instead of like... The, well, do you know message, what I mean? Like, does yeah, that make sense? But the message is now coming out of there is, okay, so there was a comment about weight stigma being worse than obesity. Number one, we can't actually measure that. Like, you can't. Because people who are experiencing weight stigma are obese already. So how do you measure which one was worse when you've already got one? Do you know what I mean? Like, you can't, you'd have to measure the effect of weight stigma without the effect of obesity and you can't because the two are combined yeah so you're never going to be able to measure that objectively and weight stigma is awful why do we have to make hyperbolic statements like that weight stigma is worse than obesity how about we just say weight stigma is awful and it is driving obesity because that is a factual accurate statement and then it doesn't get people all like mm -hmm. and then doctors and health professionals are like you're right this is actually driving the problem we need to not be jerks um, when we're dealing with people. So I had someone comment yesterday, a good friend of ours, who used to be um, uh, very overweight, um, has lost 70 kilos, is just an absolute weapon, um, and just one of the nicest people you have but ever met. Also, here's the thing about like her weight. Like, it actually wasn't a fucking lazy, just like eating McDonald's. Like, there was actually underlying actually issues. Exactly! So She's got rid of all this judgment, like... Okay, you know so what I mean? If I could finish the story. No, because you were being boring. So her weight was about 150 kilos. So a, a doctor would look at that and think that's a lot. She went to a dentist. <laughs> a dentist for a problem with her tooth. And the dentist <laughs> read her the riot act about her weight. Like, what? Number one, this dentist doesn't actually know her. She has a family physician who knew her full medical history and treated her respectfully. <laughs> this dentist, it was none of his business and decides to talk to her about her weight. How about doctor, you just do your job and deal with her teeth and let her GP, who she already had and had a wonderful relationship with, deal with the rest you jerk. Yeah. So, and that's the problem. And this is what weight stigma is doing. People are avoiding going to the doctors. They're avoiding going to the gym. Because they are so tired of people making comments about their weight. And any time they have a medical condition, it being, well, you've, you're cold is because you're fat. Yeah. What? Come on. Everything is now about their weight. And so they just go, well, I can't be bothered, so I won't go. So they're not seeking medical attention when they need it. And that is a huge problem. So something I did want to quickly bring up before when we were talking about your dad. So this whole, okay, I, this, is, this is quite interesting. So the World Health Organization has got a whole bunch of stats. 
And in 2016, there were 340 million children or adolescents between the ages of 15, 5 to 19, sorry, who were overweight or obese. 340 million. Uh, in 2019, 38 million children under the age of 5 were overweight. So what we are seeing, unfortunately, what? I just feel like under the age of five, can we really like judge that when, for, mate, I know Chunkasaurus babies who were like, and then just like all of a sudden, like they just grew and then they, they I don't know about under five if we should be like making fucking statements well, no, no, like no, that. We do need to because, and this is no word of a lie, I have seen mums putting coke into baby bottles. Yes, okay, okay. fair enough. So valid we, point, valid yeah, point. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you haven't made that many valid points today, so one is good for you. <laughs> one for you, one for you. <laughs> one more than I see on yours. <laughs> <laughs> Shots fired. Anyway, so we as parents obviously need to do better. We digress. We digress, but we need to do better. And what you were talking about before with your dad, so in my house, I've made a conscious decision to never discuss my weight in front of my children, ever. I, I never discuss my weight. And how successful are you with that? Like, honestly. Because I have made that statement too, and I still, I find it hard. I've never done it. I've never done it. I, and I can swear to God, I have never, ever, ever in front of my children criticised my weight, ever. Anytime I want to have a whinge about it, it's in private, and I might occasionally say something to Tony. I used to do it a lot to Tony. Um, and then I was like, you know what, I'm over this. And I made a decision to stop in front of him, and I only very occasionally do it now, but I've never done it in front of kids. What Probably about one of the one things I've got right ever in my life. Oh, one more to you, one more to yeah, you. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Don't worry, I've made up for it another way. <laughs> but what about like talking about dieting and never. what you're eating and stuff? Never? Never. So <sighs> when we... I'm going to give you two for that, because that's fucking really good. <laughs> well, only because I think coming from the background I've come from and then the study that I've done and particularly to do with kids, I know the dangers of it. So children who start, oh. children who start diets earlier, so like around 16, are more likely to become overweight as adults. We need to know that as parents. Here's the thing, as parents. And probably get into that addictive yo-yo dieting yeah, cycle that yeah. we have all did, yes. 100%. We have to be really careful, particularly with young children, about how we talk about food and exercise. So in our house, it's always about being healthy. My children actually do bring up about... They'll say to me, that gives you diabetes, mum. And I'm like, oh, I need to back off the science. <laughs> no, I love that. Because my daughter is already, like, talking about her body. And I'm like, oh. Yeah, my kids still talk about you it. Know? You know? You um, know, Sarai in particular will say things to me, I don't want to eat that because it'll make me fat. Yes. That's, that is stuff I can't control. That's coming from the playground. Yeah, You yeah. know, that's coming from kids and then they're seeing things on TV as well. That's very hard to control. I don't want to add to it, and I've had to be very conscious of that. I, I don't think about it so much now because it is just normal, but we always talk about food in terms of making us strong. That is it. This food makes us really strong or healthy. We talk about health, um, and, you know, we, we go for bike rides or we go for walks as family, and there's never any discussion about why we're doing it other than, you know, the kids will often say, this will make us fit like you, won't it, Mum? And that... Uh, how fit are you, though? Oh, well, I'm pretty average, so I'd say you average. are pretty average. average. You're pretty average. You're pretty average. I am no Georgina Dobbo, okay? I am no Georgina Dobbo. Um, but yeah, but, one to me, one to me, one to me. But this kind of highlights like what your dad did and how it was so problematic because then yes. even when he was trying to encourage some healthy behaviors, yeah. you weren't interested. No, because it always felt like it was coming 
from a judgmental place. Yes, 100%. So, and now, like, I... I, even though I know the message and what, like I still struggle now trying to break away from that for my own kids yeah and that like we're talking about being on a diet and food and stuff like that like you know what I mean like and now I have to break those habits for myself and I find that really hard which a lot of women do um even though they know like not to talk about it or like they sh- it's still really hard definitely to change the language yeah I want to, like, we've talked a lot about stuff and we've talked about a lot of stuff, but here's one thing we haven't talked about. How the fuck do we change the message? Yeah. How do we change the information? How do we get the information out there? How do we, like, you and I have said, you know, these, like, we've talked about the issues. How do we change the issues? Well, that's the real question that needs to be answered. So one of the things we didn't talk about before was the risk factors for obesity. And there's actually quite a lot of them. A lot of people don't like acknowledging that obesity is actually a medical condition. It is a medical condition and we have significant changes occur inside of our body that actually makes weight loss quite challenging. And some of those changes include things like your appetite gets dysregulated, so you're hungry all the time. You become insulin, you can become insulin resistant, you also become leptin resistant. Leptin is a very important hormone that makes us feel full. So we have these changes occurring where, and then also having higher levels of body fat increases um, or the propensity for more fat. So fat promotes fat, right? So the more fat you have, um, yeah, the more fat you have on your body, the more likely you are to gain fat. So it's not this really simple thing to change. And because it's a medical condition, there are certain things that increase the risk. And one of those things is a low socioeconomic status um, and a low level of education. And this is where we really need the government in particular to step in and create some rules around... But here's the thing, okay? I mean, the government's put out some pretty shitty messages in the past. Do we, like, do we trust them to actually put out the right message? Well, this is the thing. The Dietitians Association of Australia, Exercise Sports Science Australia, um, you know, the medical associations need to start stepping up and advocating for people to the government and saying, hey, there has to be better laws around where you can put a McDonald's or where you can put, you know, all these, you know, different fast food. But when, like, money is involved, like, that makes it hard to, do you know what I mean? Like, there's no, like, you and me trying to put out what we're putting out from your science-based stuff and my just osmosis from you, right? Hey, that's a great word. One to me, one to me, one to me, one to me. Do you know what I mean? Like, us, we're just two people in a plethora of, that's not true. There's a lot more people than us, but I feel like it's like, boop, 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 boop. Yeah, and then the, pre- the plethora of everybody else is so huge and saturated. I'm like, how do you get a you just gotta do it. good you message across? Okay, so Wilbur, Wilbur Wilberforce, whatever his name was. William Wilberforce? I don't know. Can't think I'm taking one off. No, no, no. He was, he was the man who abolished slavery. He was one person against a whole true. You know, society of people who wanted to continue slavery and he stood up and he abol- he was the one who effectively got it abolished. So I don't think we can go, we are just two people. I think we're going to go, two people with really big mouths, like between the two of us, <laughs> we are loud and we are persistent. Oh, fair enough. One yeah. to you, one yeah, to you, yeah, yeah, one yeah. to you. I'll give you one that. So I think, you know, from our... <laughs> yes, we are. From our perspective, what you and I can do is we can constantly keep putting out content like this and making sure that we keep perpetuating a really positive message that, you know, whilst 
We know the risks of obesity, we all do. Okay, we know the risks, now let's move forward. How are we going to have conversations with people that are respectful and encouraging and in a way that makes them feel like they actually want to change? And you know, part of the reason why people um, stay stuck in their, um, their, their weight problems is because they feel like they have no support and they feel like all they get is judgment and so they're yeah. like, what's the point? Whereas if they actually felt like there was someone who was truly cheering them on, they would probably be more motivated to do it. Plus, our But also, which we haven't talked about, the message can't be, it's okay to be obese. No. Do you know what I mean? Like, the message can't just be, you know, like... You're okay as you are, don't change. Yeah, I feel like, you, yeah, I feel like you are okay, like, no, 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 as you no, no, are, no, no, but... specifically about yes. the obesity. You are yes. fine as you are, we love you. Yeah. Well, what I'm saying is if your body fat is so high that you are now a risk for a heart attack yes. or diabetes, you are not okay to stay at that level of body fatness, and you have to start doing things to improve that situation. Yes. But the number one thing you should be doing is not a 1,200-calorie diet. And I feel like sometimes, like, that... Can that I tell them what it should be? You cut me off right as I'm about to say. <laughs> get fit, get fit, get fit, get fit. Okay, go. But I feel like the body positivity movement has now moved in such a way, and I don't think that the people in that community who have like some kind of status are perpetuating that message. But the message that's being taken on board from normal, regular people is that, oh, I'm okay. No, but I think. Do you know what are, I mean? I like they, are, a lot of them are perpetuating that message. They're oh yeah, sometimes absolutely. Weight loss is part of diet culture, therefore don't lose weight. Like what? That doesn't make sense. Yes. How about weight loss by a dangerous and you know stupid ways is part of diet culture, i.e., hello, twelve hundred yeah. calorie diet. Yeah. But weight loss that is sustainable, that focuses on getting healthy, getting fit, getting strong, that's not part of diet culture. And weight loss that is health focused, yeah. not size zero focused. Yeah. That's Absolutely. Not culture. Yeah. Well, I mean, I just like that's what I see. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm. like people then just taking on a message that's not the actual message that needs to be out there. It feels you know like what I mean? we have loved people, or like not counting calories, which yeah. is like you know, I guess a little controversial for me because uh, not controversial, right? Because I'm not anybody, but you know what I mean. Like, I'm a person that if counting, I honestly believe that. Counting macros doesn't work for everybody, and I feel not doesn't work for everybody. No, but I mean, like, but if you are a person that really needs to lose weight and you are obese, then counting calories, like, yeah, do you know what I mean? Like, you have to do that. I feel like you can't say, like, that counting calories is diet culture, and then therefore, like, that's bad. Mm. Like, no, counting calories is not bad. Like, having macros is not bad. Like, having a budget to save for a house is bad. No, I know, but I mean, that is one of the messages in diet culture of like counting calories. Yeah. Well, like actually, you know, like, and if someone comes to me and they want to lose weight, like, um, that will be one of the first things I suggest. Okay, cool. Let's track your food for a few weeks to actually see what you are very eating. very reasonable of you. I know. Do you know what I mean? So like some of the messages out there in the body positivity movement are crazy. Are, cra- are crazy. They like, are crazy. Do you know they, what I mean? They don't or, make like, any sense. And they are trapping people in a state of health that is not good for them. Like they're, they're I actually want to ask your opinion on, um, so a big thing in diet, like in that kind of movement is this intuitive eating thing. Yep. And I wanted to ask your opinion on that because I feel like I wouldn't fucking have intuitive eating anymore. Like, yep. do you know what I mean? Like, 
It's um, actually really interesting. So I've intuitively eaten my whole life. And yeah. I've only actually really recently started tracking and doing calories and macros because it just scientifically it intrigued me and I wanted to do it for a little bit. And so I've been doing it this year intermittently just to have a, a go at it and see what I thought. I, I know how to track calories. I know how to calculate macros and I've got lots of people that I've done it for. But it was just never something that I personally wanted to really do myself. And it works for me because of a few key things. Number one, my appetite hormones aren't dysregulated like what we see with someone who is um, obese. And the problem with intuitive eating is that it relies on some amount of feedback as to when you're full. And this is one of the problems that we have with people who are overweight or obese is that they're already overeating because they're not getting that feedback. So I think that that can be quite tricky, but I think initially with someone who's really struggling with their weight, one of the first things we can do to make it really easy is we can just start changing um, the quality of what they're eating. So looking at more protein, looking at lots of veggies and fruit, and not even tracking even necessarily immediately, just trying to um, make their food more nutritious. And then once they've sort of got their head around that, then you can add the next layer in, and then the next thing, and the next thing. Sometimes it's just too overwhelming. There's too many things to change. Oh, absolutely. And sometimes, like I say that to my mum, it just... Maybe yeah. Let's pick one thing. Yeah. Pick one thing. You'd yeah. be surprised at what difference that makes. So sorry. So intuitive eating is great. It's fantastic. And and again, it works for some people. It doesn't work for others. Some people do lose weight through intuitive eating, and they do lose a lot of weight with intuitive eating. Other people they have to track. I think. And it's I guess really problematic. Sorry, I think it's really problematic. Wait. Did you just interrupt me? No, you interrupted me, and then I interrupted oh, you back. That was good on you. Good on you. I just told you to wait. <laughs> What I was going to say was, to simply say something is good or bad is so black and white, and I think we have to recognise... Jinx! Because that's just what I was going to say. There's no right or wrongs, There's right? There's no right or wrong. There's no, like, this is how you have to no, do it. exactly right. So oh, who would have thought you? we're in sync or something? Oh, what? Very, <laughs> I actually, that's what I was going to interrupt you and say. I think that's part of, like, this diet culture thing, is, like, this is the rules of... Yeah. You know what I mean? And then... It kind of is like there are no rules. How does that well, work? Well, there's a whole bunch of rules, and then some rules will... is not the right word. No, no, no. But there's just lots of principles yeah. that you can choose to follow or not follow. Um, but I think at the end of the day, some of the best things we can do is just start eating, you know, more food that is, you know, it's got good sources of protein, healthy fats, fiber in our carbohydrates, so veggies and fruits. And if we just focus on doing those simple things first then you can get into the tracking, then you can get into your calorie counting. Um, because I think oftentimes what we do is we're like, we gotta do all these things. Yes. Instead of going, how about we just, why don't you just try and go for a walk every day? And you know what? Sometimes the problem for people with that is, is that they don't understand. This is another thing I think we have to keep getting out there, is that it's not, you're not gonna lose a kilo because you went for one walk yeah you're not gonna like lose a kilo a week for 10 weeks because yeah. you like cut one diet soda from your whatever yeah. do you know what i mean so i feel like you have to we have to get that message out there start small and then know that that's going to progress into big you yeah. might lose 100 grams and then it goes to two or what do you know what i mean i feel like um, it's the little things that we do consistently that yeah. ultimately give us the big results. Yes. And I feel like we're all looking for that instant big, like, yes. people say, I'm quitting smoking, I'm going to the gym six days a week, I'm going vegan, and then they do yeah. all these things, and then they're like, 
yeah. implode because it was too hard and too much. Yeah. Whereas instead of going, well, I'm just going to start going for a walk every day and I'm going to, instead of drinking soft drink, I'm going to go back to drinking water and yeah. I'm going to cook two nights a week. I totally agree. Yeah. All right. So I think from this, one of the big things is that health professionals particularly need to pick up their act. I think we need to look at fitness as the number one intervention. 100%. Rather than and if you're out there listening to us, oh, you're amazing. You're but amazing. also, if you're a person overweight and obese and you don't know how to get started or you don't know what to do or like the whole food side, you know, but you've listened to us and gone, okay, cool, maybe I could do some exercise, let us know. Like, and come. We can help you with that. Like, and you know what? You find know what I mean? a gym, find a gym that actively wants you. Yes. Because there are lots of really great gyms. There are some really horrible ones as well. But, you know, if you're in Ipswich, come to World Gym. Please Do you know what? I'm going to tell I actually heard Lockie have a conversation with a member. There was a little bit like of an argy-bargy with two members. And he's having a conversation with someone. Um, and the other person referred to this other member as a fat, this fat guy. And Lockie was like, wait. Uh, we do not refer to, do not refer to our members like, and like fully got stuck into this guy. And I was like, yeah, go lucky. I was like, yeah. that's my gym. Yeah, that yeah, is my that gym. Is my gym. I was like, so proud of Which him. Was that my just, gym first, what? Actually, I was a member there first before you. Were you? Yeah. I've been a member and since then, before they opened. Oh, I didn't even ever see you there. That's cause you probably never went. But yeah, I was like, <laughs> I was so proud of him for like standing up to like that comment yeah, and not just letting it slide by and go don't refer, do not refer to our members like that like yeah. that's a comment that we don't have in this gym like that's no, not who we are and i was like to the gym people wanting to improve i know but, I, but you know what i mean like i was just really really fucking like yes that he called that guy out yeah. and said that's not on that's not acceptable at our gym yeah lucky yeah so good so good um and i just want you guys to know that the size of your body is not a reflection of who you are as a person. Yeah. If you want to change yourself, I am fucking all for that. Yeah. But you still can love yourself. Definitely. You can still be confident in your body. Yeah. You can still um, put your message out there that you love yourself. Definitely. Whether you're losing weight and or you not. Are so it's much not more than a before and yes. after. Like you, who you were before and who you are after. Like definitely you, you change in that process. You learn all these incredible, but you do it in the process of going to the gym and getting fit and strong. You learn so much about who you are and what you're capable of, but you are so much more than a before and after and stupid social media has reduced everything to a before and after. And it's such a shame. And you do not have to be obsessed with exercise or your food to get better health. Yeah, you unless you don't have to obsess. And then you should maybe Ah, bitch, I'm not giving up my ciders. <laughs> no, I mean, you should include it. Oh, right. <laughs> I was like, I'm not, I'm just, I've cut down. I'm not cutting down. I'm not cutting down. Captain Morgan. <laughs> One bit of a splice. <laughs> All right, guys. That is us done for we podcast number two. If you made it this far, <laughs> we were trying to cut out 45 minutes, but we just can't. No, no, but no, if you made it. <laughs> Oh, you just interrupted me again. Tip for you. I'm so fucking proud of you. God, little bit of me is rubbing on my face on you, mate. Thank you for listening. We'll see you for podcast number three. Oh, you nearly didn't get it. You nearly no, didn't yeah, get yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Bye, guys.